The Bonfires of Social Enterprise with Detroit-based Rami Gingrass of Gingrass Global. This is Rami, and on this episode, we get to speak with Jessica Hauser from Downtown Boxing Gym Youth Program. Her and her team here are doing amazing things. We get to hear this time about how this really is a youth program, and we'll get to hear about how the name came about, what they're up to in the city of Detroit. So welcome, Jessica. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to be part of this. So tell us about Downtown Boxing Gym Youth Program. It all began about nine years ago with an individual named Kali who grew up on the east side of Detroit, about a mile and a half from where our old facility is. We actually just moved into a new building. Um, and he grew up in a you know extremely violent neighborhood in a situation that you know nobody should have to grow up in and had a had a vision from a really young age that he wanted to create a space when he got older that he wished he would have had when he was a kid. So, you know, he wanted a safe place to come that he could tell somebody that he was he was that kid that was getting pushed grade to grade to grade and couldn't read and write. You know, he there was no place to go to, to talk to anybody about that. There was no place to go to get for a reprieve from the violence and the, you know, constant fear of something happening to you. So he worked, he did construction, he did security, saved up his money, and opened up Downtown Boxing Gym on the east side, about, a, about two miles from where he grew up. And, you know, when he opened the doors, it was and still is, but just truly mission-focused. You know, he was not about fundraising, he wasn't about telling people what he was doing, he was about focusing on how to meet the needs of the kids that, that he was working with. So he, you know, the program's always been free. He didn't want parents to have to choose between paying their light bill or sending their kids to the program. So he ran it off of the little bit of money that he saved up for the first four and a half years. In fact, he ended up selling the apartment that he had and selling his car and living in the gym just to keep the lights on and the doors open. Wow, that's incredible. Yeah, so, you know, that kind of dedication is rare, I would say, you know, for somebody to sacrifice everything. But it was, this is what he feels he was born to do, and this is what he is, you know, this is his passion for sure. You know, the program was always academic-based. He made sure that the kids were not just doing what they're, not just completing their homework, but learning enough to be above and beyond where they should be academically. So it really is intervention and pushing them, because unfortunately, um, in Detroit Public Schools, you can do just okay and get a 3.0, you know, uh, and, and I mean, he knows that firsthand, like I said, he was past grade after grade after grade after grade, got to, you know, ninth or 10th grade, still couldn't read and write, and nobody was saying anything, you know, so he knows that feeling, so that is why he pushes the kids as much as he does and as you know a, a, a payback for having the program free the requirement is to keep your grades up which is different for each kid you know each kid has an individualized path an academic plan so you know for some kids it's you know they get, come and they've got a 1.0 and you know it's working with them to get a 2.0 and then working with them you know but as long as you're constantly improving and then we also have them do community service quarterly with us So, you know, as long as you're maintaining both of those components, you can participate in the program. And and the reason why he started it as a boxing gym was that 
Well, for a few reasons. He knew that in order to attract the kids he wanted to help, he needed to pick a sport that, you know, the the bullies and the kids that get bullied are attracted to. And boxing, mm. boxing really attracts kind of the kids that have been left behind, you know, the kids that are the outliers. Yeah. You know, so that was one reason, is that he knew it would attract the kids he really wanted to help. And the other reason is that it is not acceptable, it's not cool, it's not allowed really for the kids he wants to work with to go to an after-school academic program. I mean, you will get beat up, you'll get made fun of, whatever, everything under the sun. Um, so he knew that the name of it or whatever he was creating needed to be a space that people could tell each other, you know, kids could tell their friends, I'm going to a boxing gym, sure. nobody's going to make fun of you. Nobody's going to tease you. In fact, you know, your friend will probably say, oh, let me come with you. Mm. So he knew, he knew, you know, if he named the, the program, you know, Detroit Academic After School Program or something, right. it, it wouldn't help. He wouldn't be serving the kids that he wanted to help. So that boxing element really creates like a shelter or a, a barrier for kids, you know, something they can tell their friends where the kid knows they're coming to an, an academic program, but... Right. It gives them that safety net to be able to say that they're going to a boxing gym. Now, did he know how to box before he, he yeah. decided on boxing? Or Yeah, I mean, he was in and out of boxing gyms his whole life. He, mm. His uncle was a boxer. I'm, I'm not sure that he was a professional boxer, but I know that you know he used to train boxers. I mean, he has a lot of family members that are into the sport, so he, you know, he knew that the discipline of it... He, would be impactful for the kids and then that's how he also knew what type of child it attracted because he was around mm. it a lot you know yeah smart and I don't think we mentioned you're the executive director here so I you're am. wearing a lot of hats yeah. right would you be able to break down the types of services offered for the kids so academic is it's primarily tutoring right right so we do it's developed over the years it started out as tutoring as you know homework help and then academic foundation help so to you know help them build their foundational skills now you know we still do that we do it in in a bit of a fuller fashion we received a grant from the community foundation to pay for some academic staff which Mm -hmm. is extremely helpful Um, volunteers are amazing and we couldn't do what we do without volunteers but it's really helpful to have paid staff here who have a set group of kids they're working with it's like having you know if your teacher in your classroom changed every day it wouldn't be as impactful so it's great to have you know paid teachers here so our academic coordinator helps to you know to create a a plan for each kid so some kids study with the teachers for 30 minutes other kids have to study with them for two and a half hours it really depends on the student and what they need. And some of our kids with, you know, a 1.0 may only spend 30 minutes in the tutoring room because we know, because Kali will will direct the teacher, if you make them stay back there for two and a half hours, they'll never come back to the program. So mm-hmm. it really is tailored to each kid to make sure we help them in the right way so that they can be successful. Um, and then in addition to that, we do ACT, SAT prep classes, college readiness, we also partner with local universities and try to get our kids mentoring with, if, you know, if a kid believes that they want to be a physician, we connect them with Oakland University School of Medicine, so they mentor with them once a month. 
you know, where the school will say, you know, if your end goal is graduating from medical school, here are all of the small steps you need to take to get yourself to your end goal. And then they work with them on that. Wow. And it gives the kids something tangible to work towards, which oh, I think sure. is, you know, I mean, and setting we hope. all need that. Yeah. You know, that's the thing. It's setting like, hope. Uh, for me, I, I grew up in about 20 minutes outside of the city. And I'll say, aside from the financial struggles and you know I mean everybody has struggles I don't care where you right where who you are where you live where you're born to me the one of the biggest differences from my point of view um I'm sure a lot of people would disagree but is the exposure to opportunity you know for me where I grew up it was you know the guy across the street owned his own business you know the people next door went to college the you know you saw all of it so even didn't matter what your home life was like necessarily you know you saw opportunity around you you saw how to get yourself out of a certain situation you saw people making it you know all of those things networking I mean when I first got involved in the gym our first two board members were people that I went to high school with that I didn't even stay in contact with but I you know looked them up I saw what they were doing I called them got them down here you know just but to be able to have those connections I think is one of the biggest deficits in what I what I see with the kids um, personally. So that's so that's something, and that's something Kali always tried to incorporate is exposing them to different things. So that's why we take them to the universities. And but that was just something that was shocking to me. Yeah, in my opinion, you're exactly on. We find that a common theme in most of our under-resourced areas that we mm-hmm. do social enterprise work. That's without question. A lot of people ask me, you know, why don't they just and mm-hmm. fill in the blank? Well, part of it is one, they don't know, and two, even if they do, they're not connected. This network is missing. Yeah. And people assume networks are available. And I always say they don't have a network. And that's really hard for someone who has a built in network right. to yeah, get that in your head. Yeah. Yep. It's really um, a powerful thing. Yeah, I mean, you know, I remember thinking, well, I had to work really hard and things didn't come easy to me and my family didn't have money and this and that, but it's very different. I have people I can call on. I had, you know, when I thought I wanted to be a lawyer before I fell into this, you know, I had, I was going to intern with somebody I knew from growing, you know, from when I was a child who was an attorney who was willing to let me intern with them. I mean, to be able to pick up the phone and make those phone calls is there's that's it's very different and know how to pick up the phone right the phone call right you know there's like well yeah yeah, that's true I mean I it was instilled in me from when I was young that that I was deserving of not deserving but that this is what you do right you don't have to be ashamed or and you know you just do it and that's a taught skill that's not a natural that's right that is not a natural skill at all that's right that's a lot of academic it's now that lot. you guys have. That's so amazing. Yep. It's a lot. And we still are building. I mean, our colleagues dream, you know, my, I just want to say my role is really to help make his vision a reality. So when I say we are, you know, it's really, he'll say, this is really what I want to see. And I try to help make that happen. Yeah. Not that I don't have my own input because I do, you know, right. but I, I just want to be clear that he has really created this and this is you know all of the different components are his his vision with input but his vision yeah you know so but you know something that is frustrating for him 
is, you know, our kids work so hard, they do so well, they get into college, they go to college, and then end up coming back home, not always into the best situation, because, you know, they, whether, I mean, they go to college, get a job, have scholarships, have, you know, financial aid, but it's expensive. And, you know, the jobs you can get when you're in college are not the, you know, the best jobs. And if you can't just call home and say, hey, I'm $200 short for rent this month or $50 short for rent this month, you know, so then they end up coming home and going to school here, but not, you know, but it's like you work so hard to get somewhere when you don't necessarily have a, a, you know, support network or financial support. I mean, you might have the most supportive family in the world, but if there's not financial support. Right. So one thing that he's, that we're all now, um, from his guidance, working really hard to do is to create some sort of college scholarship fund for our kids. So, you know, if you meet certain criteria, there will be a scholarship waiting for you. And then, you know, maybe in return, you give a year back to the city or to the program. And one way we're doing that is through um, having our kids start their own business where they work with mentors to learn how to create a business plan and write, you know, a mission statement and learn how to fundraise for, or, or learn how to advertise and get out there. And then all money that's made from selling whatever their product is, is going into college funds for each of the kids. So, you know, it's not, it's, it's hasn't raised a lot of money for that, but you know, what we want to do is have them doing that so that they're, they have, so the kids have skin in the game and, put in the hard work and learn all of those skills because those are valuable skills to have. It's so powerful. Yeah. And then, you know, they'll be doing that. And then we also want to supplement it with additional money. Our goal is to really support them from, you know, our kids start with us often at seven years old all the way through college graduation. But we're not, we're not there yet, but that's where we're working. Wow, we're that's working exciting. Towards, you know. Boy, I love that uh, full cycle back. Yep. Uh, I find some people kind of self-select a little too early. I'm entrepreneurial or I'm Mm -hmm. not. And all of us have entrepreneurial skills inside of us. And all of us can adapt and work inside of others. But to pull that creativity out and combine entrepreneurial stuff with creativity is something special about that. I see people's authentic nature come out. Right. And the confidence that that it builds. Right. You know, whether... You follow through and do something in that area long term, the confidence that it builds in young people, it's amazing, you know. We see it. I mean, you know, where we really dove in first is with our girls because we have, we're about 85% boys and, you know, 15% girls. So it's a little easier to start to do a pilot run with our girls because there's 15, there's 16 of them. You hear them saying to each other, I never thought I'd own my own business at 15 years old, or I never thought, you know, and to have that, and they, and then that comes out, and then when they talk to other people, it's something that they're proud of and that they can talk about and share, and it's an accomplishment, and, you know, that's that's life-changing, you right. know, and that's really giving somebody the tools to change their life, or to, right. you know, or to make an impact in their life, to set them on a path of success. I fully agree. There's yeah. something about knowing that you could run your own business Mm -hmm. that does help empower you because then if a door is closed to traditional employment you know in the back of your mind there's still hope for me to to get going absolutely yeah and I mean I know just I used to get so mad at my mom when I was young she would make me 
call people and ask for stuff or you know if if there's I just remember blockbuster video there was a problem with the videos and I was you know 14 and she's like go in there and and talk to him and deal with it and I was like in tears I'm not going in there I, you know you do it you're better at talking to people than me and she used to push me and push me and push me and you know people would tell me no she'd tell me you know find a different way go figure out why are they saying no you know if it's something that shouldn't be a no and I used to get so mad and now that you know those two skills being able to just walk in and talk to people and find a way if I know something needs to be done find a way to do it and that's what I do every day and you know so to pass that on to kids where you know you're instilling those values in kids and pushing them in uncomfortable ways that you know it's not comfortable as a kid to, it's not a comfortable it's not comfortable as an adult to deal with a lot of situations but to begin to to teach them that young so that they can pull on that when they are older that's that's awesome to me. I just think that is the coolest thing. Yeah, well, and it obviously worked. I mean, we won't say who, but I walked in and she's getting interviewed by a film crew. So, <laughs> right. <laughs> obviously, yeah. the skills ended up uh, yeah. being not real helpful. Well, you know, we all need that push, you know? It's amazing <laughs> to me. Yeah. yeah. Summarizing kind of the social mission, it's very heavy academic focus. Yep taking them from tutoring all the way potentially into college and mm-hmm. then looking to build a scholarship, helping them learn entrepreneurial skills yep. to help fund that college. Yep. This is a real, and then I even saw a piano room yep. that, yeah, when I walked new. in. Yeah, yeah, so we just, back in November, we, with the help of Madonna, the pop star, which is pretty amazing, bought a new building because we have close to 500 kids on a waiting list, wow. which is heartbreaking. Um, and, you know, in our old, 4,000 square foot condemned building couldn't even fit the 65 that we have in the program. So we purchased our new building back in November and, you know, we're moving from a 4,000 square foot to a 23,000 square foot building. So we there was an office that we weren't sure what we were going to do with. We were going to lease it out and then that wasn't working and then we had an offer for somebody to donate a piano and an organ and an electric guitar and that's something Kylie has always wanted to do with the kids is expose them to music now that they're pulling that out of so many schools you know to be able to open up right. that part of the kid and just music just does amazing things you know right it helps so, with the academics it really does it's directly tied they've proven yep. that many yep. times it really does you know like boxing you know music's also an emotional release as well so you know it, it really helps in in a different aspects of the kids lives but so yeah so we now have our our piano will soon have an organ in the in the room and we've got um a professional classically trained pianist who's going to come and teach piano lessons and music and you know he's bringing in somebody who loves hip-hop and that you know that type of music so he's going to bring that person in to work with the kids and that will become part of our academic rotation yeah Yeah. wow yeah it really did get used for music even at the end there was a bigger space there was, yep. to get. <laughs> I love that, that. Funny? yeah, yeah I know, I know. we sent good. an email to like you'll never believe it uh-huh. yeah which is pretty cool you know yeah and then in addition to all of that and we don't really advertise some of this stuff just because we don't always want kids coming you know for certain things like for example you know we've partnered with a driver's training company where our kids get free driver's training in exchange we do a community service project with them um you know we've gotten kids clothes when they need clothes we make sure that there's food for them here every day we partner with a local 
food bank forgotten harvest they make sure there's food here we recently partnered with a company door-to-door organics they're now bringing fresh fruit and vegetables for the kids every day which is awesome to supplement the meals that forgotten harvest brings so you know we really try to make sure that the kids are supported and and in any way we can possibly support them i mean we have um when our kids graduate from high school we send them we partner with an organization out west we send them on an airplane to colorado to go rock climbing and camping and horseback riding um mountain mountain climbing kayaking just you know to really expose them to something completely different we also try to take as many kids as possible to different boxing tournaments you know kids who will never even participate in the tournament it doesn't matter but it's just to get them out and see different see different places and be exposed to different things so that you know that's something Kali feels so passionate about because so many people anywhere I don't care I, I mean I see it in the city I grew up but you know you don't leave your little two your two block neighborhood you just stay there you know right. and, and that's probably the worst thing you could ever do especially if your two block neighborhood is doesn't have the best things going on in it right so right you know we've got a student committee that fundraises to pay for their trip so what we do is you know they all they're all part of it they do little fundraisers and then they try to always make sure there's enough money left in the account for the next graduating class to have like a little seed money and then so it you know pass that on from class to class and then for the tournaments we started our own little pta type parent group parent booster group where they also have small fundraisers you know car wash and pizza sales and things and that money goes towards the trips or picnics for the kids or different things that we can offer them that's incredible i love it that you've decided what you can do in-house and what you want to partner with i find Mm -hmm. one of the problems sometimes with all of us in social yep. entrepreneurship is that we can tend to want to do it ourselves and when really there's a forgotten harvest exactly. or another organization that yep. actually specializes in that yep. that you can partner with and do this just giant network yep. of work. That's, you know, to us, that's the best way to do it. Why recreate the wheel? Right. They're already There's already amazing organizations doing that work right so before we go back to the boxing for just a minute I have a cut just a couple questions I wanted to ask you one more question on on the social piece are you guys thinking about measuring this I can hear so many of the other social businesses that we work with I know someone's out there going to be really curious about are you starting to track outcomes or what what are you going to try to track yeah so we've so it's a funny thing we've always well Kali his initially his tracking was you know seeing a kid walk across that graduation stage you know so he has the list of kids who who walked across the graduation stage because that was his form of measurement you know I mean he knew their emotional state he knew their mental state he didn't record that he just knew okay like this kid is going to make it he'll you know when I got involved about four and a half almost five years ago I started tracking you know I would ask him questions like you know, what's this kid's emotional state? And I would write it down and then, you know, start tracking some of Mm. the emotional, some of the physical, if there's physical improvements, you know, does the child have diabetes and now, you know, they're off the medication or, you know, just different impacts that we have on the kids that aren't just grades. 
we so we obviously track our graduation rate we track grades so you know we get the report cards quarterly we also test our kids twice a year to have our own assessment of them mm. since report card grades aren't always the most accurate now we also pulled in a um, professor who started out at Wayne State University which is a university just down the street from us she's now at Washington State University but she is doing a research study on our program she keeps saying I, I gotta find out what that magic sauce is like what is making you guys so successful so she has been interviewing our parents and former parents and graduates and current students and on the tangible and non-tangible things. So emotional, you know, self-confidence, you know, grades, all of the different components to our program to be able to write up an outsider's view on what we're doing. It's going to be great yeah. information. Yeah. I can tell the, when I met Kali, there's there's a personal you you feel vested in. Yeah. The moment I met him, I'm like, woo. Yeah. If he's that present yep. with all the kids, yep. these kids are gonna feel important and loved on. Absolutely. And he, that's you know yeah. that's what struck me. I mean, I walked in one day. Just I I we have a mutual friend. Kali and I have a mutual friend, but I never knew him. I didn't know that the that what he was running was a youth program. Our mutual friend's a professional boxer. And I used to exercise with him. I don't box at all. <laughs> I'm really not into sports at all. But I was looking for a place to work out. And my friend said, hey, my coach, my boxing coach, who is Kali, you know, could use a few extra bucks. This was five years ago. Why don't you go down to my gym and work out? I was like, okay. So I, I had a, you know, I went down there one day. Which I say, like I say it like it was just totally natural, but I'll be completely honest. It was not in a good neighborhood. I was petrified. I don't know what possessed me to actually go and then get out of my car and then walk in to a building that was, you know, a little scary from somebody who grew up in an area that is not scary at all. <laughs> you know, I mean, not, I shouldn't say it like that. I mean, it, I grew up in a, a wealthier community everything's lit up you know right. every you know there's just a different sense of safety. windows aren't broken exactly right. but right. anyway something possessed me to go down there so I, I walked in and I just was instantly struck by you know all of the kids the the there was just like a look in their eye of hope and happiness and they were doing what they were supposed to be doing and they were joking with each other and they were you know the, mm. respectful of the adults and I've seen so many after school programs and it was that's that was not my experience and what I had seen in other programs and I, I really believe that Kali creates an atmosphere of you know of respect and he is present I mean, he knows every kid and knows every kid's story there's like an expectation of excellence from all of the kids so not that it's always easy and you know it's a long road with a lot of them to get them to that end result but he doesn't quit on any of them which is pretty rare and amazing right um, you know even with pressure from a lot of people like just you know that kid is just trouble you know why do you want them here because that's the kid that needs to be here well, and he's quite a father figure. Yeah. He's got that presence about him yeah. in a loving way. Absolutely. In a loving way. Like, yeah. you could tell that they'd want to perform for oh, him. Oh, and they do. Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty amazing. I'll tell a kid oh. something, and, you know, they'll listen to me, right. but he'll look at them, and they just straighten up. It's like, you know, it's amazing. It's amazing. Uh, yeah. yeah. 
<laughs> yeah, you can tell. And what's cool is because our kids, you know, so many of our kids are 7 to 18, but so many start young. So his values are instilled in them because he's, you know, helped raise so many of our kids. And that's how we plan mm -hmm. on growing the program and being able to let in kids off of our waiting list is, you know, kids who have a passion for this, who have gone through our program to come back and be a, be, you know, colleague number two. Yeah. You know, because it won't help for us to flood the program and not be able to be present with every one of our kids. You know, you need you need somebody there who knows every kid and knows every kid's story. So, how would someone support uh, reach you on social media? Or? Yeah, our website is um, www.downtownyouthboxing.org, um, where you can send us emails. You can make a donation. Um, follow, you know, we put our media up on there and different updates are on our website. We're also on Facebook, Downtown Boxing Gym Youth Program, uh, if you just look for that on Facebook. Um, and, you know, just as a side note, it costs us $1,200 per kid per year. So on our website, there's a place where you can sponsor a, a spot for a student. You can do it at $100 a month or just the full $1,200, and that, that's available on our website as well. Wow, excellent. Thank you, Jessica. Thank you so oh, much. Oh my gosh, this is so great. The Bonfires of Social Enterprise podcast can be downloaded from iTunes, listened to on TuneIn, and select episodes are now available via prx.org or the Public Radio Exchange, which is an award-winning public media company. For more information and to directly download episodes on your desktop, please visit bonfiresofsocialenterprise.com and find us on Twitter at Bonfires Podcast and Facebook, Bonfires of Social Enterprise. If you have time, please fill out the survey that we have on the website. It'll help us do what all social enterprises need to do, which is gather data from our listeners so that we can be better servants. I'm Rami, and I want to personally thank you for listening and sharing. Music by Dan Castle and Thomas Rojo. Portions of this podcast have been provided by Rami Jingress and copywritten 2015 Jingress Global LLC and are disseminated by Flatlands Avenue Productions by exclusive arrangement with Jingress Global LLC.